Hello and welcome to Constitution Corner. I'm your host, Robert Owens. They say you can't fight City Hall, but then again, those that say that haven't been members of the John Birch Society. Hal Shirtliff was a longtime field officer for the John Birch Society, and since leaving the JBS staff, he has been a dedicated political activist and the director of Camp Constitution. After seeing the city of Boston fly a number of flags at City Hall to commemorate a host of various leftist ideas, Mr. Shirtliff got the idea to fly the Christian flag at City Hall on September 17, 2017, in remembrance of Constitution Day. Mr. Shirtliff filled out the necessary forms and provided the flags, and then was turned down. The city had approved 284 consecutive applications to fly flags, usually those of other nations, before it rejected Shirtliff's application because it was a Christian flag. The city said he could fly a different banner, but Shirtliff refused and lower courts upheld the city's decision. A unanimous Supreme Court ruled that Boston violated the free speech rights of Mr. Shirtliff when it refused his request to fly a Christian flag on a flagpole outside City Hall. Justice Stephen Breyer wrote for the court that the city discriminated against Mr. Shirtliff because of his religious viewpoint, even though it had routinely approved applications for the use of one of the three flagpoles outside City Hall in rendering its decision, the Supreme Court considered two questions. First, the court had to determine whether Boston's flag-raising program constituted government speech. Second, the court had to determine whether Boston's refusal to allow Camp Constitution to raise its flag amounted to impermissible viewpoint discrimination. To determine whether the flag-raising program constituted government speech, the court applied the three-factor test set forth in Pleasant Grove City versus Sumum, which considered the history of the use of the medium by the government, how closely the public identified the medium with the government, and the degree of control the government maintained over the message conveyed. While the court felt that the first two factors were close calls, or possibly even favored Boston, the final factor was determinative in this specific case. According to the court, Boston simply did not actively control the flag raisings and shape the messages the flag sent. As the majority noted, but it is Boston's control over the flag's content and meaning that here is key. That type of control would indicate that Boston meant to convey the flag's messages. To support this finding, the court noted that Boston previously permitted many different types of flags in accordance with its flag-raising policy, some of which had nothing to do with Boston whatsoever. The court also made additional findings that reflected how little control Boston had over the flags and or their messages. Specifically, the court noted, for one thing, Boston told the public that it sought to accommodate all applicants who wished to hold events at Boston's public forums, including on City Hall Plaza. The application form asked only for a contact information and a brief description of the event with proposed dates and times. The city employee who handled applications testified by deposition that he had previously never requested to review a flag or requested changes to a flag in connection with approval.
nor did he even see flags before the events. The city's practice was to approve flag raisings without exception. It has no record of denying a request until shirtless. Boston acknowledges that it hadn't spent a lot of time really thinking about its flag raising practices until this case. True to its word, the city had nothing, no written policies or clear internal guidance about what flags groups could fly and what those flags would communicate. In accordance with these findings, the court determined that Boston's flag raising program did not constitute government speech. As a result, and in response to the second question for the court's determination, Boston could not exclude speech based on religious viewpoint, as doing so would constitute impermissible viewpoint discrimination. Specifically, since government speech was not involved in this case, and because Boston initially denied Camp's request based on the Establishment Clause, i.e. religion, Boston engaged in viewpoint discrimination in violation of the free speech clause. What Mr. Sherliff knows and what all citizens must be reminded of is this. We are in a cultural war and we must fight. The progressive left expects us to back down. That is what a bully always expects. But we must rise up and fight. Don't just know your constitution. Live it. This has been Liberty News Hour. Please visit jbs.org and thenewamerican.com to find more information about this topic as well as other critical information, and please share this with others.